Jack O'Connor said, don't ever read a paper. You're kind of thinking, why did he say that? Or what did he mean by that? Or does he rate him higher than me? It opens up something that you do not want opened. You the only have to be thing entertainment so- players should be looking at or listening to is the football <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Delighted to say James Tracy is with us to uh, pick through a brilliant performance by Leinster at the weekend. It was right up there in terms of their European performances, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think to be fairly satisfied with uh, with how it went. You know, we had a couple of uglier wins uh, throughout the year, but that was definitely a very pleasing performance and probably inflated a tiny bit by uh, the yellow card periods. But I still think they were in control and. Um, really executed the, the game plan and it was a lot of slick play and um, the kicking was excellent um, I just thought they controlled them really well they were never going to hold Toulouse out you know they're like Toulouse are such a, an amazing attacking side they're always going to get a few scores that first 10 minutes was this wild roller coaster of up down up down and you're kind of like oh let's wrap not the ball here this is but then when they did get the ball they would score yeah so I think like what set the tone anyway for me in discipline was uh, that first kind of so, so Ramos had done that uh, incredible 50-22 and, and they'd scored off the back of that and uh, all, you know straight away off the kickoff, off uh, you turn over the ball and, and uh, they give away like a seatbelt tackle on ring rows and it was just think, like every time they'd have a good moment they'd follow it with two bad moments and it was just that was kind of their downfall uh, I feel like they were kind of getting in, in the way of themselves just in that respect I think it's such a pleasure to watching Dupont uh, at nine, <laughs> uh, but you know, but he's so dangerous and, and just so abrasive. You know, you, uh, as, I, I'm, and if you could just see, you know, that you're kind of following him around like herding sheep because like it's just you, you don't want to get like you don't want to break the chain in the line because once he takes on one person and you miss him, he's gone. Yeah, uh, he's incredible. Like uh, beating three or four of the world's best tacklers, you know, in the space of five yards. Oh my god, this is. But then he would run into traffic, and uh, like, uh, was that a function of them moving him out of nine as much as anything? Because during the game, Andy Dunn was like, "They've made four positional switches here to accommodate the injury that they've had, which doesn't really make that much sense." And then afterwards, Leo Cullen was like, "Well, we've actually seen him play a ten recently, and we had planned for that, so they had obviously done their homework and they knew that this was a possibility." But it doesn't make sense, does it? So the reason why they did it is they went for six-two split on on the bench. So you're losing one of your kind of utility backs, and you're you're basically banking that you're gonna like beat the other pack up. So you're you're stacking your your bench with forwards, and you're just trying to go after after their their pack, whether it be scrum, line out, breakdown, everything. So you're telling the guys you're starting. You empty the tank because we we nearly have a a full pack ready to come on. But the downside to that is you get one injury in the backs and you have everyone playing out of position and you're just yeah. jumping around. Now Dupont is a you could put him anywhere and he'd be good, he'd be very good. But he's he's the best nine in the world, so you want him playing nine. Yeah, and that's probably the frustrating part for Toulouse. But that's the tactical side of the game where sometimes you know you you, you push the chips in and it doesn't go your way. Yeah, and that was kind of it. As a as a player on Leinster, right when you see the change happening and you're looking around, going, they're going to be getting Dupont on the ball maybe thirty five percent less than he would be if he was at every breakdown. Yeah. I'm delighted about that, right? Oh, uh, I, you know, if, if you're defending around the breakdown, 
happy days he's at out half you know you've a lot more people around you you can line him up from a bit yeah exactly yeah it's it's not as one on one while it's the ball's quick and you know you're you're either like folding around the rook or uh, you're you're getting back after a line break he see like he he's looking for your body language on what you're looking at, where you're standing, how you're standing, yeah. and you don't have time to fix it. While when the ball's in the air from one pass, all of a sudden you've more read time and you've more people around you to help you. It just it makes someone like him, uh, it's what he's unbelievable at. It just kind of like mitigates it a little bit and probably. Uh, to their own detriment but as I said it comes from that 6-2 split which is uh, it works like uh, South Africa would, would use it quite a lot uh, and, and they have these giants coming on and do a great job but it, it has that's the, the downside and Paul Grau's passing like is a bit more telegraphed slightly than, than DuPont so you almost have that, that element of speed and fear factor just completely gone when, when DuPont's gone from nine yeah and, and I, listen there's no slight on whoever comes in to replace DuPont you know you're replacing the best player in the world, so no one is going to be as good uh, right now, anyway. So uh, it's always going to be a slight step down. But I thought he'd, I thought he'd go game. Um, again, it was just you're kind of taking, you know, you're, you're taking the best player out, out of position, so it's not going to mm. be as effective. But I think when you peel it all back, that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game through discipline, and, and uh, that was really it. It was discipline and, and Leinster f- forcing them. Uh, into pressure situations with with really clever attacking kicks and attack and and, and they defended very well as well. They'll be they'll be satisfied with that. It was super ruthless as well in terms of attack from Leinster. Like you would have said, if the score had been closer to even at half time, that might have been a reflection in terms of possession and control. But Leinster were absolutely efficient and ruthless whenever they got the opportunity. Yeah, and, and you know the. They would have obviously practiced to, to get all, all of uh, your attacking plays right and really well. And Toulouse did a good job a few times at, uh, at coming up with a few big turnovers. And, and that that's going to be the same kind of threat uh, down the road, whether it be the Sharks this weekend uh, or La Rochelle in the final. Like, there's going to be an unbelievable amount of pressure on the breakdown. But I thought Leinster's breakdown work was phenomenal. I thought James Ryan again, uh, if you get a chance to player cam him... And and, and some of his clean out work it's it's, uh, it's top top drawer uh, and, and it, it creates a space then for other people because he's uh, he's been he's taken one or two people uh, off their feet in the breakdown uh, and, and just been very very effective at his job Ross Maloney got the start which is obviously a big vote of confidence for him it means you've got Jason Jenkins in reserve for when the um, big pack reserves are coming off or to lose it, it's almost as if uh, maybe we underrated how much development and evolution he's had and the pack have had and also afterwards they're like oh we've learned how to play against bigger men so that narrative that we've all had that if you trace back all the defeats since they last won it has been big man for Saracens big man for Saracens big man for La Rochelle big man for La Rochelle it's obviously a complete like distillation down to one thing which rugby never is but they seem to have understood ways to deal better with that threat of the Giants yeah, it's to a certain extent, you know, a few like a few of the games that they've lost, you know, like the Larchelle game came down to like the last play, and you know, and, and it, what it really turned on was uh, the bounce of a ball. So if you remember, there was a a, a drop kick kind of to nothing. It bounces probably like half a foot from the dead ball line, twenty and like back into the field. Johnny catches it. He. Proceed like he was going to kick, shapes to kick, and um, 
I can't remember he took it, but anyway, they chased their, they chased the followed the kick. So Johnny passes it to, to Hugo, who who gets tackled and eventually they turn the ball over. And it's like if that ball goes dead, you know, you're you're back in the uh, the opposition half, and all of a sudden you're two scores ahead, and and it's a different game. And the, like that final period is just kind of all in the mount management. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But they, like this is the small margins, you know. So like you get that right. Like Leinster were in control for a lot of that final, um, and Larshall just did a brilliant job of, of clawing their way back in. And it comes down to little moments. And you just win one or two more little moments, and uh, and that's all it is. And and people are quick to point at big what seem obvious things, but uh, it's not always that. Pre-game going through it, it was like, ooh, Leinster are missing. A few key players, and you know, we still talk about Sexton, Henshaw came out late in the week, and uh, James Lowe. Three elite players who you would genuinely say are in contention for being in any team, in any uh, world class, right? Whatever you mean by that. Um, and look like Toulouse had beefed up their team from last year, and, you know, DuPont and Entomac. But I was actually worried before the game, and then as the game went on, you're like, wow, that's really, really good. One of the things that really surprised me was just how good Charlie Natai was. I thought he was in contention for Man of the Match because of the things that he did when he did them. Yeah, he's incredible. So we, we would play it against Leon, and uh, he's he's been a, like a standout player for, for so long. Um, James Gibson Park actually like they go way back into school, and he said right. he was probably one of the most talented schools players that he's ever seen. So he was kind of like. Over the like chuffed that this guy was coming coming to Leinster. Uh, we'd only kind of seen bits of when we'd been playing in in Europe against him, but anything we'd seen, he was class. He comes in and just one of the most skillful guys, um, and and he's he's an unbelievable like step and jinkiness to him. But he's quite a solid man. Oh yeah, um, huge yeah. tackles. Oh, an incredible like de- like you know the 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 offload he gave to um, to Rob Russell in the corner. Uh, in in the RDS was like he's getting dragged and touched by like two people and it was just like flicks it up under it was just he has these like little touches of skill that are incredible and I think his fifty twenty two was a huge turning point he had a huge poach even at, yeah. at one point in the first half that was another big turning point in the game and he'll bring a real coolness and calmness uh, to, to that back line as well as having the, those class kind of touches and he hadn't played since January that's the nearly more impressive thing yeah. like he comes straight back in and you almost forget about Robbie Henshaw I think well, we definitely don't forget about Robbie no, Henshaw. Forget, but the the thing is, when, when you're experienced like him, you can it's easier to kind of step back in. Uh, you don't have that that's those same nerves and, and everything like that. He, I wouldn't have been worried at all about him starting back in mm. just because of his age profile, how uh, how experienced he is, how much of a leader he'd be in in, in that group. Um, he would have been chomping on the bits playing those sorts of games. Like that's why he, he came to to Leinster was to be involved in those mm. sorts of days, especially against friends. You know, it's a lot of familiar um, scenarios too. And he would have known a lot of those players, played against them a lot, so he would have been happy out and leading the charge in, in the. Or, Build up in the week. I don't know who got was it. Gibson Park got the man of the match in the stadium, possibly. Yeah. But like, who 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 stood out most of all for you? Like, you had Dan Sheehan and James Ryan, brilliant as well. Not how we've mentioned. Like, there was a number of options there. You could. Have yeah, I, I thought the two second rows were were unbelievable. I think like Ross Maloney's been an unsung hero for so long. Um, James Ryan, we know is is incredible. He, he again, as I said, he, he was amazing. Um, but I thought I thought like. 
it was a, a lot of pressure probably isn't a big narrative around it because he did well but Ross Byrne you know if he'd had a bad game the, the, it would have been out with the pitchforks um, I thought he was phenomenal he just steered the ship so well so calm um, so confident and just that's the, the years of of performing and, and doing well when the spotlight was on everyone else is kind of coming to fruition now and, and all uh, the games he like, yeah yeah and I think as well Conan at 8 like reminding everyone why he's a Lions test starter and, and uh, you know I'd, I'd picked him at 6 um, still back that decision but uh, he he was brilliant absolutely brilliant I think like the balance at back row is, is looking good whatever way you want to play it um, but I'm delighted for him now that he, he's uh, he's back in form not just the tries but he had a lot of very good involvement yeah. around the field and, yeah um, yeah so to answer your question I've given I've given a few players there but I think there was <laughs> there was quite no the, the thing is I, I, I wouldn't like to be doing man of the match unless it's, mm. it's quite obvious uh, on the day but like there was probably a lot of guys that were worth worth looking at and just again understanding of, of game scenarios and, and everything like that I thought it was just a really really good day saw someone pointing out about Ross Byrne afterwards making the I think they used the phrase this is his team now and there is a sense of leadership about Ross Byrne as well isn't there of late that he's he's really taken the, the position and made it his own and yeah and, he, and he, in fairness as I said he's been probably doing that for three four five years but you, you know you probably don't you don't see it as much um until you now when you're on center stage so uh i've i've known him as that leader but it, it's great now that he's finally doing it uh he's finally been recognized for it on uh, on the big stage so it's been uh, good jimmy o'brien's evolution into um a winger at this level where james Lowe is out but there's no step down it feels like yeah, again, diff- different type of player, I think. Uh, but yeah, he's as I said, I didn't see winger coming. Like I said I, I could see him play in any position, but winger, I did not see him uh, getting to this level at. And I'm just like delighted for him. He's the most talented lad I saw go through Newbridge College in my time. Um, I remember watching him, you know, you know, single-handedly clawing back a, a senior cup semi-final and, and getting into the, ne- the next game, and just thinking, "Wow, this kid's got something else." He was uh, playing at half at that stage. He was playing everywhere. He's playing right. twelve out half, yeah, and you know, like he wasn't taking the kicks and scored the good try in the corner and grabbed the ball and, and kicked the conversion from right. the touchline. And you're just like, "This yes, kid is." Is he? Is his future at wing? Like, it may well be given the age profile of the other wingers. Um, and he must be beginning to put some pressure on those wingers for the Ireland team. Or is if you were like thinking long term now, should he try and become a centre? What's the? Do you just take whatever you can get when you're getting into the Ireland team? I think I think he will he will take whatever he can get. But it'll be wing for right now, and then if an opportunity opens up somewhere else, he'll seamlessly slot in there. Um, you know, he's he's the benefit of being very good at a lot of positions. Um, he's now at a level where he could be actually be a winger. He could be whatever. A lot of utility. Don't want to say utility uh, for him, but he, he because he can. He kind of falls into that bracket. But a lot of utilities are kind of like decent at everything. Yeah. At least he's at a level now where he could be a starting winger, no problem. He could yeah. be a starting fullback, no problem. Definitely puts you in the conversation for the twenty three on match day. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. He'd be like nailed down in my mind anyway uh, uh, right now that's kind of his his jersey if he's not starting you know like if he keeps this sort of form up he could he could find his way on the field uh, a, a, a note here uh, slightly different from Dennis Ryan ask James about the Porter non-yellow slash red card right in front of Barnes Irish provinces get a lot of the rub of the green from the referees um, Toulouse fans not happy with the refereeing uh, yeah I feel like the 
it's very frustrating when you're away, right? You, you feel like everything does go against you. Not listen, the crowd, everything like plays a, a different. Like you know the the old dodgy um, French TV staff, and like we don't show the replays for a different. But I feel like that's a, like we we that's our perspective because we're looking at it yeah. from that. So, and I'm I'm sure they feel the same looking the other way. Well, we didn't see a replay of it in the, in the stadium. So yeah, I, I actually but, saw but, it in, the, in real time. You know, then. and if it was in France, we would have been given out. So like, yeah. I feel like that's the home advantage. I didn't feel like it was a yellow card. Definitely not a red card. Um, you know, it was probably it probably was a little bit late and maybe a penalty, a little bit silly. But one hundred percent wasn't a card. I didn't feel like. Um, and like you look at the the bits of like the Toulouse ill discipline at times. Um, madness, madness. Like they're the flying headbutt, and like I saw some people talking about like. Yeah, oh, Van Fleer milks a bit. He gets clocked by this giant in the jaw, for, and then he, like he's entitled to uh, to counter rook, right? So you're, if you're if they're setting up a rook to kick, you want to put kick pressure on the nine by by attacking the rook. He's standing upright. That's a cue. So like if they're not looking at you or they're standing upright, there's your two cues that it's a good opportunity to try counter rook this fella. He's standing upright, but like come at me, right? So anyway, first first attempt and he clocks him in the jaw and he's like right well he's still standing upright so I should probably have another go with this again and then he clobbers him again with his head like, like he's trying to hit it like he's On trying purpose. to hit, he's, oh, he's yeah. trying to get him yeah. and uh, and then you have the, the tight head then, then kind of like tussles him to the ground he's like shoving his head into the ground and then you know they're wondering why they're getting a scent off or whatever but like maybe maybe they let that go in uh, in the top 14 but like come on it's common sense there there's been it's like I call that like being a dummy tough man where like you know you're acting like the big man or whatever but like there's plenty of ways where you can assert dominance and aggression in a way that's not a penalty or a yellow card but like that is just like mindless stuff yeah yeah um I must talk to you about the scrum, but we get time to do that again I do want to talk to you about the referee because the referee is going to be very important in the final right yeah yeah oh massively yeah I like listen I feel like the French teams and uh, watching, you know, watching that La Rochelle game, a few, few last few La Rochelle games, like they really pushed the boundaries on um, the breakdown. Okay, so how are we going to stop Leinster at source breakdown? It seems to be kind of the narrative of how, of what, how they go about it. So, you know, we we are kind of dependent a lot on having. Uh, good officials because if they get away with kind of not holding their body weight and just killing the ball. There's not much you can do, really, and, and and it's very frustrating when, yes, they give clean perches on the ball, but a lot of times they're not on their feet, and they just get rewarded for time after time, and they might get pinged once or twice, but then the momentum swings and they're getting rewarded for it, and, and you know, again, another thing that frustrates me uh, is like Bougarit off the back of the line out, like he breaks the 15 so much so like the ball you're not allowed to break the 15 Explain as, as what the hooker. Break the 15 is. so you're you're standing on the 15 as the hooker you're not allowed to leave leave into open play until the ball is left either the the jumper who's caught its hands or um one of the the back line approaches 10 so then again the, the, he breaks so they have to be 10 meters back when they break that 10 10 meters then the line it's over as well or if say it's a mall it moves uh, moves forward the ref's arm goes down line out's over so there's a few things but they 
always chance their arm off so it'll be caught here he'll already be two metres outside because then once it's off the top he's already built that mm. space in the seam between the, the you know can't attack uh, that you can't attack into yeah and it's just so frustrating to, to watch Um but yeah, ho- hopefully there's, there's good officiating and, and and stuff like that because if they're killing the the breakdown all the time, it's gonna it's gonna like ruin the game a little bit. So I, I hope that that uh, does that become a topic of conversation now that we've raised it uh, in in the, in the build up to this. Is that the type of thing that um, if you were involved with Leinster, that they would be briefing the referee saying, "Here's the video. We just we're just saying this is a thing. It's just a, it's just something we've noticed." <laughs> You can do what you want with the referee. <laughs> I've never been involved in those conversations, so I wouldn't know. You'd have to ask Leo on that, but it's definitely something that I can say now because I'm not in it. But I was felt at the time. I remember looking at the footage, just been like, How? like you know, you've, your body is incredibly good um, at disrupting, but a lot of the time not legally. Uh, you know, and you've a lot of guys that are incredibly good at disrupting play, like Skelton. You know, good at like. Lying on top of people, and he's not—he's got a lot of things. But I mean, he's very good at the dark arts, <laughs> and I feel like he gets away with a lot of it as well. Uh, and listen, a lot of those—they're all world class at rugby, but they're also world class at the dark arts. And I feel like it, you know, it, it's a—it's uh, a part of the game that that you know, it, it's just very frustrating when when they're getting away with it. All right, well, the build-up has officially started. Uh, James, good stuff. Um, it's a really busy. Every game is at the Aviva for Leinster from now on. The RDS, I think, is unavailable because of its concert season and various other reasons. So that's good and bad in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, like we've we've a tough run in. Like we've a knockout game this week, and then like hopefully another knockout game. You know, well, well the likes of Larchelle have you don't necessarily need to win their their two games. They taught their away games, but they don't need to need to win them necessarily. Um, like the Sharks, the South African teams are, are incredibly attritional to play against as well. So it's going to be a tough, tough few weeks. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the the Aviva is it's a special place to play. So um, you know the, they'll they'll relish that. But let's let's hope there's a you know somewhat close to full house, if not a full house, because that's what really makes it. It's the it's the the atmosphere and, and that's that's the home advantage part, you know. And the final is sold out. Uh, Leinster fans bought tickets early and often. It turns out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, the atmosphere th- for the final should be very special. Good stuff, James. Thanks a million for joining us. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.